Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, a favorite actually of mine, we have Mr. Dave Spencer, host of Practically Political. It is a podcast, very popular podcast. Born in New York as a member of the Rockefeller family, he's the grandson of John D. Rockefeller III, very accomplished individual, and actually has significant common sense in an era of crazy. My brother Dave, good to have you on the show. How are you? Thanks, thanks for having me, Doc. Great to be with you again. Absolutely. All right, we're going to chop it up about Build Back Better and the vaccine protocols as well. We don't have as much time as I would want to have. I don't want to presume what you know, believe about any of the vaccine protocols or the Build Back Better plan. But give me your sentiment about both of those. Well, I think the Build Back Better plan is good. As I've told you before, I think on our last show, I really wish that the Dems would pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill first, then come back and pass the 3.5 or 1.5 or whatever it ends up being spending bill later, because I think the president needs a win. I think it's important to have the momentum going and things can be done through reconciliation. And I believe that would also help get Obviously, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, whom you need to have this done. So that's my my recommendation. I know people don't always agree with me, but I think that's strategically the best way to accomplish as much as the Democratic Party needs. And the president needs a win. His approval ratings are really going down. And if they don't improve, the midterms next year are going to be ugly. Yeah, I agree with you that the midterms are going to be ugly. Um, I actually appreciate progressives holding Joe Biden to his original uh, campaign promise. I understand the strategy of that. Let me give an example of something that's a very granular detail that many people aren't talking about, but I'm sure you can appreciate it. Inside of the uh, spending proposal, uh, the budget was set initially where HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, they were expecting 40 billion plus, okay? There was a lot of behind the scenes talk. There was some public conversation about it. Many in the Congressional Black Caucus, they trusted the administration. You remember our Vice President of the United States has a whole degree from an HBCU. This was a done deal, HBCUs always put on the back burner, but one of the most important institutions in the United States of America for the black community, right? Well, that number, brother, went from over 40 billion to under 2 billion, okay? Now, here's what's happening. You have individuals, not even connected to HBCUs, but somebody who either is connected to an HBCU, educated them, somebody who may be HBCU trained, educated, they mentor them or they work with them at their job. There's not really a black person in America not connected to an HBCU in some shape, form or fashion. Right, that mm-hmm. is going to be significantly detrimental when you are looking at black folk to come out for you in a hyper turnout. And we're not, we don't exist in a silo, brother. Black community has, we have coalitions. We have others that are connected to us. Just imagine what would happen if you allowed that 40 plus billion to actually get passed under 2 billion. One, the Republicans are going to run commercials about, hey, black folks, look at what Joe Biden did not do for you and look what he promised he would, right? And then you have the coalitions that are connected to those black communities. I think it's more of a political mistake 
to not listen to some of the more progressive push of the Democratic Party, especially when it comes to direct funding for programs like HBCUs. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you bring up, I think, a bigger, larger, important point, and that is, I think it's a mistake to talk numbers, you know, trillions mm. of dollars. I think you ought to talk programs. And this gets into what I've been saying for a long time. When Democrats talk about things like education, health care, the economy, jobs, child care, there's very little daylight between Trump voters and them when they talk about things like defunding the police or Medicare for all or abortion or immigration or other stuff, there's a lot of daylight. So I would suggest that yes, let's focus on education. Let's focus on things like childcare. Let's focus on pre-K. But for example, look, I'm a big believer in climate change. I think the carbon problem is very real. But most people, including yours truly, don't think the government should be paying for charging stations across the country. That should be a private sector thing. And climate change is not an issue that most Americans think is as urgent right now as some of these other ones. So I think it's getting down to prioritizing. But I think if you talked about education, the individual programs, now they're gonna help so many African-American students, I think that would be a winner, yes. And I think the money would be approved. Talk about it in terms of return on investment is your conclusion, right? You you can't talk about it in terms of just general money and, and what the spend is, but you talk about it in terms of investment, programming, revenue, investment coming back to the, turning back to the community, correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, people, you, you say these numbers in the abstract, and I don't yeah. think people often understand how large these numbers are, whether it's one and a half, three and a half. But when you talk about individual programs, when you talk about how you're going to help people's education, when you talk about how childcare is going to allow women to go back to work, when mm -hmm. you talk about how pre K is going to help. Uh, kids, particularly in underserved communities, get a better education and achieve the American dream. That's the stuff that people are going to relate to. Dave, you know and I know Democrats have been historically horrible at messaging. Has been one of their greatest downfalls in the arena of politics. And Republicans, they are able to message not only in the middle of a lie, but especially when it's a lie. I mean, when it's untrue, that's when Republicans do their best messaging work, period, right? Let me read some of the things that the Build Back Better plan would do. And these are general, um, these are the general ideas and the general policies, but truly they benefit a lot of Americans, regardless of party affiliation. Uh, it lowers the cost of childcare. It lowers the cost of actual higher education, including technical training. It lowers the cost of prescription drugs. It lowers the cost of healthcare. It lowers the cost of housing. It actually does cut taxes, not shift. It cuts taxes for families with children. It invests in a major way in workforce training, workforce and workforce development, something that Republicans have been pushing kind of in lieu of college education is in the bill. It's all in the bill. Our Republicans, Democrats, much of this stuff they actually yeah. agree with, right? What's the disconnect, brother? Okay, looks like we lost Dave. We will bring Dave back. Dave Spencer is a remarkable human being, even though we do disagree on some politics. Uh, let me remind you, uh, reaction with Ravana that's happening right after Indisputable and- Sorry. Oh man. I'm Look sorry, at that. can you hear me now? I'm so sorry, <laughs> I don't know what happened to my connection here. Dave, you're like a damn genie, man. Uh, you just popped up. 
I, I am so, I don't know what happened, but the connection, all of a sudden, the last <laughs> thing I heard, it was in the bill. I'm so sorry for- We got we got like we got like one minute. So I, okay. I, I posed the question to you that many of the ideas that are part of the Build Back Better plan are truly in its, in its nature outside of politics bipartisan. But in this world we're living in, everything is partisan, right? These are things that typically Democrats and Republicans, if not leadership, definitely voters agree with. What's the disconnect between the messaging here? Well, I think this is a problem that the, the Democrats have had. And as I said before, Republicans, for better or worse, understand power, how to use it, whether it's very manipulatively, unfairly, like stealing a Supreme Court seat or whatever. They say, well, this has never been tried before. Gee, let's let's try it. Whereas I think a classic example you're seeing is with Democrats on the this whole subpoena thing. Steve Bannon doesn't have any right to claim immunity. If he resists a subpoena, they should send marshals to his door. Democrats have the power to, to do this. Same thing with the debt ceiling. You know, hold a vote every day that, that Mitch McConnell refuses to go along. And uh, I think it's important also on certain issues like Medicare, for example, prescription drugs. Everyone wants to lower the price of prescription drugs, but there are Democrats like Kurt's, uh, like Kurt Schrader in the House who's against it. And the same thing with the tax plan. Chuck Schumer doesn't want to get rid of the carried interest loophole, which is one of the most egregious giveaways to the wealthy. So I think there's a messaging problem, and I think sometimes the bills don't really come out to represent the little guy. But having said that, I think there's a real opportunity, if the messaging is correct, to fill a void. Because the Republican Party doesn't stand for anything now, except a vessel for the special interest of corporations and our wealthy donors. If Democrats can get the messages right, they can be, you guys can be the dominant party, particularly with the Senate races that are coming up. Because 22 is going to be close, but 24 mm. is going to be ugly. Because remember, yeah. in 2018, you got 18 million more votes for Democratic senators, and you still lost two seats, and there's no ticket splitting anymore. Yeah, very well said. Dave, we'll have you back on the show. Always appreciate your insight. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I really appreciate the audio problems. <laughs> I'm sorry about the audio. Always, uh, man, always it great to be with you. Absolutely, brother. The, the feeling is very mutual.